we got the alternative energy right. for a nuclear-free autonomy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show. I'm Michaela, and in the lead-up to International Peace Day on 21st of September, we'll be looking today at the latest threats to peace and nuclear non-proliferation in the region, with the Morrison-led Conservative government announcing last Thursday of a nuclear-powered submarine deal with the US that is a central feature of the AUKUS pact that the Australian government has developed with the US and the UK. We'll be joined by Friends of the Earth's national anti-nuclear campaigner, Dr Jim Green, to talk about the nuclear proliferation and the waste management issues that this deal throws up. But first up, I'll be speaking with Margaret Reynolds, the president of the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom, Australia, and they're calling for urgent public scrutiny of the deal. It obviously came as a bit of a shock, this announcement of Australia's acquisition of nuclear-powered submarines. Tell us what your initial impressions were. Well, I'm old enough to go back to the 1970s when I was part of, you know, uh, the anti-nuclear debate and uh, there was an organisation, People for Nuclear Disarmament, um, so for me, it was, oh, I thought we dealt with this back in the 1970s. Um, and I think, you know, there'll be both older people like me and young people saying, what, how can this possibly just be announced as a fait accompli? There's been no discussion. There's been no inquiry. There's been no uh, transparency with the people of Australia. And this is about, you know, our future security and well-being. It's about the future of, of our relationship uh, with our Asian neighbours. Uh, and uh, it's too important uh, to just have as a bit of a stitched-up announce, deal announcement um, by the Prime Minister. Um, and I, I think many many Australians who are not necessarily particularly political or particularly aware of of uh, the complexity of international relations, but who will just say, this is not on. We cannot have uh, government just making such a major, monumental decision without any sort of communication with the public and the public who will be around uh, for many years in the future to deal with the consequences. There are so many issues. You sort of want to take a deep breath and say, well, where do I start? Um, I mean, I'd start with the past of haven't we had enough um, loss of life and uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from our most recent uh, escapade with the Americans uh, in Afghanistan. Um, you know, yes, we've just we've just left Afghanistan, and uh, of course uh, we have a responsibility 
to care for the people who've been, uh, who are now uh, at the, um, you know, dealing with with uh, a new Taliban, and that's still very much a, uh, an open question as to what that means for the people of Afghanistan. But I mean, we know the, the loss of of life and the trauma. Of, uh, and the loss of reputation for Australia in terms of certain behaviour uh, and possible war crimes uh, in Afghanistan. So we're just starting to try to come to terms with some of those issues as a country. And, you know, the Prime Minister goes off to sign us up again. Um, so that's, you know, that's one issue. The other issue, and I mean, there, as you say, there are many, um, the Prime Minister is off to the Glasgow conference, climate conference uh, soon. And, uh, you know, Australia is already under pretty close scrutiny for the level of emissions we're prepared to commit to, or not, as the case may be. Um, you would think uh, this could be worse in terms of timing because it just puts even more pressure on uh, the reputation of Australia uh, in terms of our environmental commitments, let alone our uh, alliances uh, with uh, you know both the Americans and the and the British. Um, I mean, what's this got to do with Britain anyway? I mean, Britain is a you know. Probably still, there are people in Britain who think they're still um, an old empire, but I mean, the facts don't speak for themselves. Um, it's got nothing to do with Britain, I would have thought. And uh, America is has a, a sad reputation for being fairly reckless when it comes to interference in po- foreign policy around the world. Do we want that to be part of, of our approach to foreign policy, I would have thought not. Mm. Yeah, and um, I know that Wealth Australia is just releasing the research report Militarisation in Australia, Normalisation and Mythology, which highlights the way that the government is building up the the defence industry here and um, the number of those global weapons manufacturers, which have become a significant part of our economy. Do you think it's these kind of business deals that has driven this? Or, um, yeah, is Look, it more... it, you're right. It's, it's part of a disturbing militarisation of Australia. And one of the best examples, or worst examples, I should say, is the way that who did the Prime Minister choose to lead uh, the COVID response in the public uh, arena? Did he choose uh, a major health expert? Did he choose uh, a major logistics expert who might have understood about, about lockdowns and isolating particular communities when need be. No, he chose a military man. And, you know, whatever the particular individual's strengths are, 
he couldn't possibly have expertise in COVID, but simply because COVID is new, even for uh, health professionals. But, I mean, why do we need a man in uniform to talk to us about how best to manage um, the public response to COVID? I'm sure he's a, a perfectly, you know, reasonable human being who wants to do the right thing. But every time he fronts the media, he's in uniform. Uh, this has got nothing to do with the military. This is about protecting civilians um, in their homes and workplaces. Yet we have a, a military man in uniform um, in charge. Uh, so I think it's one of the worst examples of how gradually, you know, the government is is trying to um, get Australians used to uh, militarisation in their daily lives. Um, of course, soldiers have been used, and in the uh, in some of the hotels um, to assist the police. Uh, that's another area. And this isn't about the individuals who are, you know, trying to help in an emergency. It's like any help that's given in bushfires and other emergencies. But it's how it's done. And it's not people called up as civilians to help in, um, because, you know, military people are also civilians. But, you know, they're called up as soldiers and they're in uniform. Now, if we're going to use uh, the military in some of these circumstances, maybe it's justified um, in certain circumstances, but certainly not to have them all dressed up in uniform as if we're a, a military state. Mm. So what plans does Wilf have, particularly as we're approaching the International Day for Peace on the 21st of September? Yeah. Well, look, the, you know, the Prime Minister and the Defence Minister uh, have obviously cancelled International Day of Peace. Uh, certainly, that's how it's viewed uh, in many countries around the world, that uh, Australia is embarking uh, on a, a reckless you know, military strategy. Um, but fortunately, many people, and especially Wilf, we will not be cancelling International Day of Peace. In fact, we will be redoubling our efforts to uh, say uh, to members of the community how very important it is that we sit up and take notice about just how uh, significant peace and security are to all of us. Um, there's a, you know, there is a view in the community many... Australians, though not all, have been fortunate to live in a in a you know in a peaceful um, society. Notwithstanding, of course, those who've who've come from war torn countries and those of our military personnel who have actually gone overseas to fight. But most Australians, I suppose, take peace and security a bit for granted. But no more sadly, uh, can um, Australians, young Australians, uh, families, older Australians, we just can no longer uh, ignore the very real risk that the government has just announced 
uh, to our future uh, well-being uh, in this country. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And is there anything else that you wanted to let listeners know about? Well, I suppose we're very happy to talk much more about the milita- our militarisation report, uh, but we are saving it, if you like, uh, for the United Nations uh, Disarmament Week, which is uh, in the middle of October. So I'd be very happy to come back and, and talk with you again uh, about some of the detail in our militarisation report and the work that we'll be doing in the lead-up to the next federal election to engage more parliamentarians in being actively advocates for uh, a more peaceful approach uh, to conflict resolution rather than wasting money on uh, nuclear submarines, not to mention the compensation we'll have to pay for the, to the French uh, for breaking that contract. Yeah, great. Well, we look forward to speaking to you more then and going into some of the detail of this really comprehensive report. Thanks so much, Michaela. Really nice, Bill, to meet you on air. And that was Margaret Reynolds, President of the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom Australia. And you can connect with the their WILF peace movement by going to wilpf.org.au. And if you'd like to connect with grassroots organisations working for peace, the Raising Peace Festival is happening right now online. It's coordinated by the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom, the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network and International Peace Volunteers. And they have a huge range of events. Uh, There's speakers, workshops, films, exhibitions. It's all happening online uh, between the 16th to the 26th of September. And you can go to the website raisingpeace.org.au to connect with that. We'll go now to a song, War and Peace, by Carl Panuzzo. No matter who's got what, what power, what threat, have we an enemy we haven't met before inside of us? Who's guilty? Washed clean, all filthy, and we justify our sweet release to fight fire with fire. Where does terrorism cease? Bye. 
Kyle Penunzo with War and Peace. And you're tuned to the Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR on the unceded lands of the Kulin Nation and broadcast across the country thanks to the Community Radio Network. Next up, we'll speak with Friends of the Earth Australia's national anti-nuclear campaigner, Dr Jim Green. Jim it was a bit of a shock to hear the announcements about the nuclear power submarines deal this week. Yeah, what was your response to it and uh, what are the actions that Friends of the Earth Australia are taking? Yeah, well, it was definitely a shock and unexpected. Um, but anyway, I'm speaking like a day and a half after it was first announced. And uh, I think there's a really good chance that this program could collapse because of the economics, which is just unbelievable. Like, they were just really disturbed that the 12 French submarines would cost a total of $90 billion. Well, if we're going to have nuclear subs, then we're talking about eight submarines at a cost of over $100 billion and probably just as much to deal with uh, decommissioning and nuclear waste management. So the economics could kill it. Uh, public opposition could kill it, political opposition could kill it, uh, and a, a sober assessment of the, of the real alternatives, which would include um, advanced battery technology, which doesn't really seem to have factored into the government's thinking, and I think it's really everything in the federal government is just reduced to culture wars. So nuclear's good, batteries are bad, and that's why the government's gone down this path, and but it could easily fall over. And Friends of the Earth is certainly doing, doing everything we can to make it fall over as well. There's been a really good, strong reaction from the peace movement and anti-nuclear movement to stop this thing in its tracks. 
what are the most significant issues that that you would see with this program? Well, uh, I reckon nuclear weapons, and I, I wonder if uh, there's some latent interest in the coalition for Australia to p- pursue a nuclear weapons capability, in which case this nuclear submarine program is a very logical first step. Uh, that's entirely possible, but impossible to prove since, of course, they would deny it. But, um, you know, whether or not it's the coalition government wants Australia to move towards the weapons capability, the reality is that a nuclear submarine program is a step towards a nuclear weapons capability. So are we then encouraging other countries around the world to do the same thing? And in particular, are we encouraging Indonesia to... Uh, try to acquire nuclear submarines or nuclear weapons. And also, there's many aspects to this, but I'll just mention one more. Um, The proliferation of highly enriched uranium is a global nuclear weapons proliferation problem. So are we going to have nuclear submarines fueled with highly enriched uranium, which is hugely problematic, or we might insist on low enriched uranium fuel which would be somewhat better in terms of weapons proliferation, but it would affect performance, uh, the longevity of these reactors, the refuelling requirements, and those sorts of things. And if we were to go that low-enriched uranium path, are the purported advantages of nuclear submarines really significant, especially given that it comes with huge costs in terms of... um, nuclear waste legacy, proliferation risks, all those sorts of things. Mm. Yeah, because I haven't had time to look into, you know, the plans that they've released in details, but would they be planning to purchase the fuel uh, from another country? Is there any kind of information being provided about how that would happen? Yeah. No, none at all, but it's arguably the most important question. Uh, Are we talking about nuclear submarine reactors being built in the United States or or the UK or built here in Adelaide? Uh, You know, the answer to that question is is profoundly important, but we haven't got any sense whatsoever. Uh, And again, if you resolve one problem, you just create another. So if the reactors were to be built overseas in the US or the UK, uh, well, that means Australia is not really moving towards a weapons capability in any strong, meaningful sense, but it will kill the jobs here in Adelaide. Uh, So yesterday, the state government's response to this announcement was that it's going to be a jobs bonanza for South Australia, even though it's likely to reduce jobs in the submarine industry in South Australia. And uh, if we if the reactors are built elsewhere, then it will further decapacitate the, the so-called defence industry in South Australia, which might not be a bad thing. But, you know, there's also very practical things. So here in Adelaide, the reactors would, or the submarines would be built in the northern suburbs. You would have operating nuclear reactors in the northern suburbs of Adelaide, which... Uh, I'm sure quite a few South Australians would be disturbed by. Yeah. What other aspects of this proposal is it important for for people to know about? Another really important point is that uh, 
even if these reactors were built in Adelaide, operated safely, etc., etc., then even in a best-case scenario, you've still got the decommissioning of the submarines, which has proved to be hugely problematic around the world and hugely expensive. And nuclear waste management, we would have a legacy of high-level nuclear waste and... Uh, you know, building a high-level nuclear waste repository, which hasn't happened anywhere in the world, but the cost estimates start at about $40 billion. And uh, South Australian Royal Commission just a, a few years ago estimated a cost of $125 billion to build and operate a high-level nuclear waste repository. So those are staggering costs. Um and also the waste would be dumped on Aboriginal land, and we know how racist that can be because it's happening right now. The Morrison government is trying to dump Australia's waste on the land of the Bangala traditional owners in central South Australia, uh, despite their unanimous opposition. So that gives us a, a very current, immediate insight into how the nuclear waste problems will be dealt with in future. Hmm. Well, any final words or if people want to get some more information about this, what resources would you point them to? ICANN is a really important organisation in in this context. ICANN is the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons, which was founded in Australia and won the Nobel Peace Prize and was instrumental in getting the United Nations to establish the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. Uh, so, yeah, I would encourage people to read what they're writing and uh, to do what they're asking of us. Uh, so that's ICANW.org.au. And, of course, Friends of the Earth will be involved. And uh, our website for nuclear issues is nuclear.foe.org.au. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much uh, for joining us on the show today. Thanks, Michaela. And that was Dr. Jim Green, the National Anti-Nuclear Campaigner with Friends of the Earth Australia. And yeah, obviously there's so many different aspects uh, that are raised by the AUKUS deal, of which the nuclear-powered submarines is a central feature. Thank you so much to Margaret Reynolds and Dr. Jim Green for joining us on the show today. If you'd like to listen back to this show or share other episodes of our podcast, they're all available at 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive or you can subscribe to our program on any podcast app. The Radioactive Show is produced in the studios of 3CR in Fitzroy, Nam, Melbourne with the generous support of the Friends of the Earth Melbourne's Nuclear Free Collective and the program is distributed nationally thanks to the Community Radio Network. Thanks so much for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues. How does war add up to You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.